And I'm Kevin Sheehan, Associate Pastor of Reformed Presbyterian for four. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I'm off. I'm Matt I'm... Curtis. I'm Matt Curtis, Pastor of Decision Life Church in Wavericka, California. <laughs> and I just got back from vacation, so I'm not quite up to speed yet. Yeah. Should, oh, boy. should we start again? Yeah, maybe that's for the best. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Matt and Kevin Talk Church, two pastors, two old friends from two different denominations on two different coasts talking about faith, culture, the Bible, and the ins and outs of church ministry. I'm Matt Curtis, pastor of Decision Life Church in Marika, California. And I'm Kevin Sheehan, associate pastor of Reformed Presbyterian Church in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, welcome everybody for another exciting episode of Matt and Kevin Talk Church. Well, uh, another episode anyway. All right, I mean, yeah, okay. Let's just keep the adjectives out of that. <laughs> like, well, I'm just saying exciting. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, today we would like to talk about the idea of church membership as we have in the past and, and uh, kind of compare and contrast it, mostly contrast, I guess, to the idea of membership at a country club. Now, this is kind of a favorite analogy or um, kind of a word picture of Tom Rainer. Some yeah. of you may know who Tom Rainer is. He wrote a little book. He's always written like 60 books, but he wrote a book called I Am a Church Member, which we actually use as part of our new membership class now. It just kind of walks through basically what's expected of membership. We're trying to kind of raise the bar a little bit in terms of what it means to be a church member. And one of his big things is treating the church as a um, something that you commit yourself to, that it's a family, that it's a body uh, that you're committed to, not just a country club where you, you kind of pay your dues and you receive goods and services, you know, um, as, as a product of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, that's like one of his, you know, sort of uh, hobby themes. horses, if you will. Yeah. One of his themes. Yeah. That's a yeah. good way of putting it. Yeah. So he wrote an article uh, just recently that came out. Um, which, you know, it's a very Tom Rainer kind of article. You can find it on churchanswers.com. He runs that, I guess, or whatever he does. And he basically is saying, like, here are some warning signs. If you hear these sorts of phrases coming from somebody, and he's careful to say, like, as a pattern, right? A pattern right. of making statements of these sorts, um, then it, it means they might be thinking of the church more as a de facto country club rather than the body of Christ to which they've committed themselves. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to kind of divide these into like five categories of, of statements of, and, uh, and just sort of discuss them so, for a little bit. So first category, well, the first statements that Tom Rainer warns us about is the statement, I am not getting fed or that's my favorite one, or I am not getting my needs met. And yeah. there's sort of a, uh, a companion to this but since that's your favorite one why don't you why don't you so so the whole like this is this is this is arguably the most common one at least this is the one i've heard said the most and maybe that says something about my preaching i don't know but 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 i heard it even before i was you know the head pastor this is a very common um critique or slam on a church and what's brilliant about it it's a little bit um like accusing someone of being defensive um, right. Be, because like, like, what are you going to say to that? Because you get to sound super spiritual and uh, make and take no responsibility for your own feeding. 
right? Like that's that's what's going on there. I'm not being fed, and so I have to go do this as though you have no responsibility in how you prepare for Sunday or how you um, get your heart ready or for how or your own study. Like as if you know, listen, I have infants in my house, and right now, like you know, the the older of the two infants, we feed we spoon feed her, right? Because she's unable to feed herself. My 14-year-old, we expect to pick up a fork, right? Okay. I mean, yeah. there, there, there's some responsibility on her part. And so I just think sometimes someone who's saying that, it's like, look, man, pick up a fork. Um, now, it could, now it, there are times when the pastor is not providing, you know, solid teaching or whatever. But often this is really just about, um, there, it's about other stuff. Like, oh, it, and it, if there's a if there's a pastor who's not providing solid teaching, you probably know that before you even become a member there. You know what I mean? Like you go to visit, it, you go to visit a church, well, you go there a couple of times, you probably have a pretty good sense of whether or not you, this you know that if that's something that you truly care about. Right. You know what I mean? Like if that's right. really an issue for you. But like if it's it's it's, it's usually it's, it's, it's usually harder. not this is not usually said by mature, biblically robust people. Well, and I'm like, just saying, like it's it's hard to imagine where you've been there for ten years, then all of us, all now, all of a sudden, your pastor's not feeding you. Well, you get a new pastor, and his style is different. And instead of dealing sure. with the fact that his style is different, you're like, he's not feeding me. You know, I mean, but I've yeah. heard a set of people like they've been under the same teaching, same guy for years, and then all of a sudden, I'm not getting fed anymore. Yeah, well, like I, I remember hearing an associate pastor at a church. And I did not work at the church I was attending at the time, saying that he hadn't gotten anything out of, you know, pastor, I'm not going to say his name, teaching in two years. And I just said to him, and he didn't like this at all, maybe that has more to do with you than with him. Yeah. Like, like maybe there's something going on with you that like, because listen, just the word being read aloud, like it's something the Holy Spirit can work with. Right. So like, if you're not, if you're getting nothing out of it, maybe that maybe that's about you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so both like the I'm not getting fed and my needs aren't being met are really centered around um, you. Now, it's not to say that your feeding, your spiritual feeding isn't important or that the pastor doesn't need to rightly divide the word of truth. He does. And it's not as though um, you don't have needs that need to be met and, and that the church has no responsibility in meeting those needs. Um, but but it's when those things become primary that we can run into problems. Yeah. And, and the sister of statement here that Tom Rainer says is uh, I'm leaving the church because I want a better youth or children's program for my kids. Yeah. Which is, you know, again, sort of similar to I'm not getting my needs met or I'm not, my kids aren't getting their needs met. It's the same idea of again, churches to provide me spiritual goods and services. It's a consumeristic mindset. Right. It says, here's the needs that I have. Let me find the solution uh, to meeting my needs. Yeah. I, These are I, spiritual versus the ones you can buy on Amazon. I, I have a little more sympathetic, a little more like sympathy, I guess, for the like, I need something better for my kids yeah. than the, I'm not being fed. But, but, but I will say this. Um, I think deciding where you're going to go to church on the needs of your children or on whatever your needs are is a dangerous um it's a dangerous game to start playing because your needs are going to change every few years and yeah. it's just i think then you're going to be church hopping all the time 
And I think, listen, if your church doesn't have a robust children's program or a good youth group or whatever, rather than going, I'm going to go find one that does, maybe you start a program for youth. Like, or you volunteer in the children's program or research curriculum and figure out what would be better. Like, whatever, like try and make where you are better instead of just, I'm going to take off or something else. Um, because one is about, okay, I, I'm committed to this place and these people. And I, and so, and I have a, I want my kids to disciple, be discipled. And I want all the other kids to be discipled as well. <laughs> you know, I mean, and the other is just, okay, I gotta, I gotta take care of me and mine. And so, um, yeah, again, I'm also a little more sympathetic to this one as well. I mean, yeah, it's one thing to be in a church where there like are no other kids and your kids are the only one. Like that's right. understandably a difficult place to be. Right. Um, and I understand also like obviously wanting your kids to have certain experiences or certain relationships uh, and uh, certain churches just aren't going to be able to provide that. Um, so I, so I am kind of sympathetic to that. Um, yeah. I'll kind of add a few concerns on the other side there that I have with this is, one, the, the primary responsibility for raising those kids is mom and dad. Yeah. Not, not the church. And so the fact that the church isn't doing it doesn't necessarily mean your well, kids are going to somehow grow up to be spiritually deficient. I think, especially with youth group, we farm out the discipleship of our kids to professionals. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, mean, I was going to say like, you know, we've done that's youth a different ministry. podcast, but it, yeah. it is, we've done, we both done youth ministry and yeah. we know it's like, look, in any given town, there's usually a couple of churches or maybe one church that has like the big youth ministry. That's where all the kids go. And because it's where all the kids go, it's where all the other kids want to go. And so it sort of snowballs itself until one right. church has got the big youth group. But that tends to change every few years as a wave graduates. And then some other church has a couple of the cool kids and then they all gravitate to the other church. And so right. three years later, the big youth group in town might be at the other church. Um, that just kind of tends to be the way it works, uh, yeah. especially among sort of similar sized, smaller to mid-sized churches that just aren't going to have like a big youth group or resources for it. That just happens. You know, kids are just going to kind of go bounce around from, bounce from church to church or youth group to youth group anyway, even if they go to the same church, you know, for Sunday morning. Well, um, and, and here's the other thing. And again, Maybe this is too, maybe this is too real talk for, you know, Monday, but, but here we are. Um, listen, if your kids aren't catching um, spirituality and life in, in a rich interior life from God, from you, they will not, they're, they're unlikely to catch it from the youth pastor. Like, that's just not how it works generally. Now there are, there are exceptions. Sure. Of course. But like, as a rule, the primary spiritual influence in your kid's life, either for good or for ill, um, is going to be you, mom and dad. Right. I mean, that's just how it is. It doesn't matter how good the youth pastor is um, if you're not like passing that on in, in an intentional way. Right. Um, yeah. My, my other concern with this one is yeah. the unintended consequences of uh, what you're what you're communicating to your kids is that life revolves around their needs and you should or, always be catered to or them. or frankly their wants if we're being mm -hmm. really honest yeah um and so i think there might be an unintended messaging going on there that um not only are we raising them to become 
one of those earlier statements of I'm not getting my needs met <laughs> because that's what they're used to as kids, but also that they, they just kind of rule that they rule the family as well. I mean, so, it's, it's probably yeah. a very similar, it's, it's only a bump from there to the family that's, you know, bends over backwards because their kids want to, you know, play travel soccer. And so now they're not going to church at all because that's more important. Yep. Agreed. That's what I was getting at before about like, if you make your kids needs the what the driving force for where you go to church. Yeah. Um, so Tom Renner has an interesting sort of yeah. uh, statement You know, after this one. He says, I'm grateful for missionaries and their children around the world that are ready to serve in churches outside their cultures. They don't expect the church to have a menu of fun activities for their children. They want their children to learn to serve in the context where God has placed them. I never quite thought of it or said it quite like that, but 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 I've had similar thoughts of one the admiration I have for people that kind of enter into difficult contexts, church contexts, whether it's or whether it's like overseas missionaries or just you know places even in our own country that are uh, not culturally Christian, and there's just much more difficult in, in terms of raising uh, and being a Christian family. Um, I, I appreciate those and I respect those and look, they're going to places where like, you're not going to have a big youth group because there's not that, not that many Christians period. And they certainly don't have the resources to just have like, you know, whatever you want to meet all your needs. So yeah, I think that's a, that's a challenging statement that he makes is to learn to serve in the context where God has placed you rather than trying to find the greener grass. But it's like, this is where we are kids. And so the, you know, whether it's school, whether it's church, whether it's neighborhood, whether, you know, whatever it is. So how can we be faithful where we are rather than seek out what we think we need or want? Well, that gets to like what we were talking to a little bit of offline is like, do we think of church as a restaurant where someone's going to bring you your entree? Someone's going to clear your plate. Someone's going to, you know, make sure your cup is always full. Like, right. That's what restaurants are for. That's what you expect. When I go to, you know, the local diner, that's what I expect. I don't expect the same thing in my living room. Like I'm, I clear my own plate. I help out. I look to meet the needs of the people in my family, not just have all my needs met, at least if, at least I should. Right. Yeah. And so, but so often we treat church, like, do you think of church as like a restaurant where you're, you're there to have your needs met or are, or is it a family where you're there to meet needs? Yeah. Like those are two totally different orientations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the second group of statements here. And I'm kind of bunching these up. Tom Rainer spread them out a little bit more. Uh, But the next group of statements has to do more with money. So one is the statement, I pay the bills of the church. I don't second. I don't like the way our church budget is spent. And then I think the pastor makes too much. (laughs) I'm not sure how much, how often have you heard these sorts of things? I've heard all of those things. Okay. Um, not but, like, but, but less frequently like, than the first, but group. yeah, way, way, way less frequently than the first group. Yeah. 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 Th- those are about power. Um, right. Primarily like the, the, they're about like, I want to have my say about this, that, or the other thing. And listen, congregations should have a say depending on your polity, I guess. Stuff like that's a much bigger problem in smaller churches than bigger churches. Like you don't like you don't right, hear that. Right. Like once you get past a hundred, you're not hearing that as much. Um, because there's just right. less of an expectation that 
Yeah, I mean, unless um, unless a large proportion proportion of your budget is from one family or one cluster yeah. of people, right? You don't hear it as much. Right now, to be fair, there are times when churches mismanage funds and are irresponsible, or their budget is out of whack. Right, like their budget reflect they they have they, they have their stated priorities, but their budget reflects different priorities. Like I think that does happen, and that's worth bringing up, maybe with your leadership team or whatever. Um, in a humble way. Um, but uh, as a rule, the, the, someone who's saying that kind of thing, it's really about, I didn't get my way about something. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I'm mad. And so I'm going to call out these things. Um, yeah. It's almost like a form of, um, yeah, I'm going to hold this over you. Like you said, it's a power move to say, I'm going to hold this over you. And if I don't get my way, then I'm going to, yeah. Well, I'm going to stop giving gonna if, the church doesn't, if, the, if the church doesn't do what I should. And by the way, that's just wicked. Like that is toxic, wicked behavior. I'm yeah. not going to give to the Lord unless you uh, leaders that the Lord has ordained, by the way, um, do what right. I think you should. Right. Um, that's that's gross. And so um, if you're listening to this and you're doing that, stop, repent. Um, you, you're well, examine. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Repent, because I'm again the way that we. Uh, well, that's a whole other issue in terms of like how we confront authority yeah. and everything else. Well, and giving, and what what are what our posture towards that should be. Maybe that's in a future podcast episode. We should really write these down. But <laughs> like <laughs> right. that's like that that's a future podcast episode. But like it, it can't be like it is not. You are giving because you approve of how the church is spending the money. That that's not how that works. Yeah. Now. Unless there again, if there's gross mismanagement, that's different. But you would need to have like not just a, a suspicion that that's happening, but like actual solid evidence of that type of thing. Not yeah. just not just they're not they're not spending as much on missions as I think they should. You yeah. know, like it. Yeah. 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 Um, question for you. I don't know the answer yeah. to this, so I'm just gonna ask yeah. you. Do yeah. you know how much people in your church give? Like, do you see the, the receipts? At my particular church, I do um, because of just, there's just not enough manpower to do stuff. Um, I didn't used to, but like, we just don't have the, um, the stuff we used to have. And so, yeah. So I, I try not to pay attention. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I, I, one of the hats I wear is I'm sort of a de facto treasurer at this point. So yeah, I, I do okay. see it, but yeah. like, but wondering. I prefer not to, like, I really, really prefer not to. Yeah. I was, I was just curious. I mean, Tom and I don't, we don't see that. We don't, I, I have no idea what people give or don't give. Um, in a perfect world, I, the, in like in an ideal, I, I would not either. Right. I, I know I've heard arguments to the otherwise, but um, I think it's, it's good only because that way we're not even subconsciously catering to people who are the big givers. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, that doesn't enter my mind. It's like, oh, I don't know. Should I appease these people because they're big givers or well, well these people off? Cause they're not, you know what I mean? Like, like I have no idea what people give. And so that's, I like it that way. We, I don't have access to the safe, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's just yeah. I'm kind of out of that yeah. whole loop. I'm not even remotely tempted to cater to anybody based on that. So like that's not no, but I'm just saying it's but, like it's just right. It's just, no, right. I mean, well, then, then then there's not even the impression of oh, well, right. you're only doing that because right. you're only siding with them because they give more. Right. Time. I don't know how much they give, so that's not right. that's not right. It. 
Right. So, so whether the, I would be tempted to, or whether someone else would be tempted to accuse me of that. Right. I don't have For the any exact same reason. I, I wish that was the setup we have here. Yeah. And we used to, we just don't right now. And I can probably count on one hand, the number of times I like happened to, you know, my eyes, like someone wrote, sent in a check or something, or like with a little letter attached and had a little check. And I just happened to see it because it was addressed to me. I was like, oh, wait, this is for the, you know, and then just handed it off to the, the treasurer. Um, but did, but that's happened like, again, I can count on one hand the number of times that's happened. Right. Yeah. I just happened to glance and saw a figure, but it's pretty rare. Yep. All right. So should we take a quick break and then we'll get back to some of these other categories? Um, yes, absolutely. Go get a cup of coffee, folks. Hello. Welcome back. It's, it's Matt and Kevin, and we're talking church and uh, possible warning size, signs that your mentality around church is, has more resembles a restaurant or a country club than a family and a, something you belong to. And so we've just been looking at categories. And so we looked at, you know, the sort of consumerism, you know, I'm not being fed. We looked at my needs aren't getting met. And uh, then we looked at, you know, budget issues, money, finances. We don't like how that's going. And so kind of the next big one, and I'd say this one is the most common right behind the I'm not being fed, is, of course, the worship wars, right? I don't like the music. I don't like the order of worship. It's too high church. It's too low church or whatever. And so, I mean, I, I hear that one a lot. I don't know, or used to, not so much anymore, but I over the course of my you know, career. I've heard that a lot. Have you heard that uh, a lot? I don't often hear it from people that are already members. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, again, like you're, you're checking out a new church. Um, you know what the word, you know what the style is. You just have to go there a couple of times and you figure that out. So unless it changes yeah. or unless like the, the body of songs that we sing, you know, cause you're always kind of introducing new songs or letting go of old songs or whatever. So, I mean, that could change over time, but usually the style itself uh, doesn't, undergo like some massive shift i suppose so yeah i hear it more from people who are like investigating churches or commenting on other churches that are not and, their own and when you're looking it's fair enough to evaluate that like well do, sure like, like like i mean that that's that's a that's a fair reason but once you're committed what i actually hear more than like i don't like the style or the order it's it's too loud and a lot of that has to do with how old you are or or where you <laughs> sit in the in, in the sanctuary because it can be different yeah or sometimes even just who's on sound that particular yeah Sunday. yeah so so that that's what i hear what i've heard more than either like it's too contemporary there are too many hymns or not i mean i've heard some of those but but more it's you know yeah again like we haven't like like changed our music style in a long time so style is what it is i mean obviously like i said you can introduce new songs maybe there's a particular song someone doesn't care for yeah, uh, but we're pretty careful and deliberate about, and this is this is credit to our musicians and our and our music director uh, about what songs we choose in terms of them being you know doctrinally good, uh, appropriate for congregational singing because some songs just aren't good for congregations; they're better for like the radio or singing by yourself or whatever. But so they have a pretty rigorous set of criteria for selecting songs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was interesting because I we were on vacation recently and was able to go to a different church than our own, um, which is always a good experience to do that. Um, it's hard not to turn off the, the, the pastor mindset. Here's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's hard to turn that off. And and I had to kind of keep checking myself to, to not do that. But um, you know, one of the things that 
you know, it was real apparent. You walk in the, you walk in the sanctuary, it's the lights are dark or the lights are, is that even, that doesn't make sense, but the room is dark. They're they're dimmed. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the, the band on stage is brightly lit up. And so it's like, that says something like right off the bat in terms of how they understand congregational singing. Yeah. Um, To me, like that's a particular style. Now, I think you can say it's more than a style. I think there's some kind of philosophical things around that that I disagree with. Different podcasts, write it down. Different podcasts. But that's to say, like, that's the place where I would go and say, you know, this is not, this is not a style I'm going to be able to uh, commit to. But it's not like our church is going to switch from what we do now to that or vice versa. (laughs) Now, what happens sometimes is you hire a new, a new uh, worship leader or you like one worship leader more than another like that that's that's where the stuff comes into play yeah well, i'm not going to go if so and so is leading because i don't like how they i mean that's that's when those things yeah happen um but again like what we're trying to kind of get back to is this is church is not like a country club where you get to choose you know the style of things or the whatever of things i mean right you might be in a position to do that but for the most part uh, these are not reasons to leave a church well, again, it, unless there's super dramatic changes happening or whatever, but for the most part, like, I mean, I, I mean, I would say when it comes to style, I would say even if there are super dramatic, even if there are super dramatic changes happening, what's the vision behind why those changes are being made? And can you get behind those reasons and put aside your preferences? Like, yeah. like, like that's, that's the question. It's sort of like, at our house when mom when anita makes dinner and the kids go i want this instead i'm like mom's not a short order cook like yeah she made this and so that's what we're having you don't want that that's okay you don't have to eat yeah i mean it just sort of exposes you know an elevation of personal preference over commitment to the body of christ and again i'm not saying like there can never be room here for you know i mean there's always exceptions or whatever but 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 again like this whole thing is this whole thing is trying to check our hearts and examine our hearts of if we see patterns of this over and over, yeah. these are the types of things that you say over and over. They might be because, you know, the attitude is more of I've come here to be, you know, to have my, my needs, my, my preferences met. And this is not what I prefer. Does that mean you're unable to work? If you're unable to worship because of the music style, then there's something going on with you. It might, it might be, yeah. and I'll just, I'll just say might, it might be something more to do with your heart. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I would guess this section of the next one, and you're probably more qualified to say whether this is true or not. We need to have like Rob or somebody else on to sort of get this right. But I would guess like worship in the Western world, worship, war, worship wars happen, but they're not happening in other places in the world. No one's arguing about song selection in China. Like that's like, that's probably not happening. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know about that. But, um, well, because we just have a more individualistic view of it than yeah. they do in other parts yeah. of the world. Like, it would never occur to them to go, "Man, I don't like the music. I'm leaving." Um, yeah. I mean, I just had a, I just had a. As you're saying that, I just jumped into my mind was maybe you've seen this little video going around the interwebs of, I guess it's a family in Ukraine singing he will hold me fast in Ukrainian, I imagine. Yeah. Um, and they're just standing around like their kitchen table singing, he will hold me fast as, you know, the Russian tanks are probably bearing down on them. 
Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's just sort of a, it's heartbreaking and beautiful and heartwarming yeah. all at the same time. You know, I, no, no one there is saying like, oh, I, I like this song instead <laughs> or whatever. I mean, there's just right. W- right. when when worship is that is most like because I think what, what's moving about that little video is that it's just it's worship in just a very pure sense that transcends L- circumstance. Like they are singing yeah. that Jesus will hold them even when the tanks are bearing down on them. And you just watch that and go, oh, the beautiful and amazing faith of these dear saints and, and their worship is it's just pure. Like they're not singing it just because it's church is what they do. They're kind of, you know, mumbling through the lyrics half-heartedly. It's like, they mean this, like they just really mean this. And, you know, their, I don't know if ability is the right word, but their ability to worship in spirit and in truth has less to do with the particular song and the particular style in which they're singing it and more to do with where their hearts are at in that moment. Yeah, and, and to be fair, it could be that like the moment they're facing has something to do with that. Sometimes, well, sure. Know, but, um, but, I, but I back to what I was saying a minute ago. I do think um, there's something particular about the West in, in in how we think about these things that maybe isn't true in other places. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, did you want to introduce the next section? Yeah. So, so the next one, we got two more statements here that tom rayner says in terms of again we're looking for patterns here not if you say this all of a sudden you're in sin or whatever but um so the the next one second to last one is i am mad because i didn't get to vote on it (laughs) um some members expect to vote on every decision every expenditure of money um and that just kind of as tom rayner says can bring the ministry of the church to a grinding halt (laughs) uh you know, a lot of this probably has to do with whatever your your particular polity is in your church. Uh, in Presbyterian. Or your church size. Yeah. Yeah. And church size in Presbyterian form of government, you elect representatives, basically. You, you elect elders and then they make the decisions. There are some that are congregational votes, uh, but most of it is just done by the elders, you know, in terms yeah. of the, the kind of the ongoing ministries of the church. So I, I would say two things about this. Um, again, uh, one, you do need congregational buy-in regardless of your polity. Right. Agreed. I mean, like, if you're not getting buy-in from your people, I think you're not leading well. But but I'll also say this, and I say this as, like, a free churchman where, like, congregational, like, rule is, like, our jam. It's not my jam personally, but, like, so, <laughs> you know, my district superintendent is probably going to email me after he hears this, but, like, look, there will not be voting in new earth. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like that's not going to be a thing. And again, like worship wars another it's a, it's almost a uniquely American thing that we think we ought to vote on everything. Um, and I just think it's not, it's that's, that's more informed by our um, national and political identity than the scriptures, I think. Um, that doesn't mean I think you should never vote on anything. I think that has a place and can be healthy, but when you but when there's so much emphasis on it, emphasis on it to the point that's being you know discussed here, um, that points to something else going on. I think. Yeah, I think it goes back to what you said earlier about it's sort of a power move. Yeah, 
of, you know, I I want more say in this. And again, like, you know, we choose elders so they can make those decisions. Yeah, your your, your church voted you in, right? As a congregational vote to vote you as pastor. They did, although I I have to say, um, I don't think of myself as a representative of the people. And I don't want my elders thinking they're representing the interests of the people. Well, no, they're leaders. Yeah, like, yeah, but like they're not like senators. (laughs) <laughs> or, right. or, you know, congressmen, you know what I mean? Like it's not representative government in the same way that we think of it as Americans. And so I think, so for me, I'm very careful to explain that's not what this is. Right. Um, but they voted on you to lead. Right. They did. They did. And they vote. And, you know, we're going to be putting someone forth to be, con- to be affirmed as an elder here soon. So yeah. we, we do do that. And I think that's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna move on to the next one, the last one, because I don't have really a whole lot more to say about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't really hear that very often myself. So I've heard it maybe twice in my career. Yeah. So the last one, this is again from Tom Ranner. He says, "I don't like the changes these new members are bringing. I don't like the changes these new members are bringing." And you know, we talked about this a little bit beforehand here, and this is this is kind of different than a lot of the other ones, I think. I hear this one more in the con. It seems like it's coming from more of a place of, I like the, I like my church, our church, the church, the way it is now. And I'm just sort of used to it, familiar with it, comfortable with it and don't want to change. Um, there could yeah. be a little bit of like, again, in, in some ways, uh, many of us perhaps are very inclined to, we like the way things are and don't want things to change. We don't want our hometown to ever look different and, you know, things like that. Um, so it might be a little bit of that. Uh, there also might be a little bit of a loss of purpose or vision for what the church is for. The church should change. Yeah, I mean, we change as we grow older, but the, if the church is doing its job and being salt and light in the community and doing evangelism, then I would hope that it is changing. I hope that there are new members coming in. You still there? All right, this is a new one. Matt just jumped off the recording. Another Matt and Kevin talk church first. <laughs> Matt is a wall. The power is out in Wairika. Well, you've been listening to Kevin talk church. I hope that what you've heard has been edifying and encouraging. And I hope Matt finds his way back sometime. Because otherwise, this is going to be a really awkward podcast. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Might be coming back. There he is. He's muted, but he's back. He's muted. My computer like died. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Laptop. I guess I got a plug somewhere. Found it. Oh, here's the problem. Let's see here. My computer just died. That's like a burst. I'm wondering, did I lose power here? Let's just do it on your phone for now, and we'll just wrap okay. it up. Okay. Anyway, Matt's Matt's back now from his issues. I was just saying, like, this could reflect a loss of just vision and purpose for the church because the church, if it's doing its job, should be growing and changing, and new people should be coming in. So that's that's just kind of the nature of life and church. <laughs> Agreed. So I heard statements like this more as a youth pastor. Than I did, than I have as like a head pastor. It was stuff like, well, there's kids smoking in the parking lot and we don't want those kids around our kids type of a deal. Oh, uh, yeah. 
you know? And it was like, well, I mean, if we're going to, don't you want lost kids to come to the Lord? Well, yes, we don't want them around our kids. It's like, well, <laughs> those things are like sort of opposed to each other. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've I, heard of a church where they, yeah. they, basically wound up having two youth groups because there was a faction that did not want those kids coming to our church. So they kind of started their own youth group. <laughs> so there's almost like like one like official church youth group and then like a whole, kind of a separate youth group. Yeah, I mean, that's not good at all. No. So, yeah. So yeah, so like you're saying, it's, it's missional issues. Well, maybe we should wrap things up since Matt's, we should. Matt's struggling on his iPhone. <laughs> Uh yes, technology. It's great when it works. And average at best when it doesn't. But yeah. <laughs> right. Well, hey, you've been listening to Matt and Kevin Talk Church. And for a little while, it was just Kevin Talks Church. But we hope that what you've heard has been helpful and edifying and maybe challenging appropriately where it needs to be. If you have any questions you'd like us to answer, topics you'd like us to discuss, you can always email us at mattandkevintalkchurch at gmail.com. And you can always follow us on Twitter at MKTC. That being said, I'm Matt. And I'm Kevin. And we've been talking church and patterns to watch out for that may be a sign of a heart that is not right with the church. Be warm and be fed. <laughs>